Okay, in the uh, spring 1995 edition of the journal Halacha and Contemporary Society, Rabbi Alfred S. Cohn, the editor of the journal, wrote an article about minhagim. So someone asked that we speak about minhagim. I never myself did extensive research on minhagim, but I'll share you what I thought, I'll share with you what I thought were perhaps the highlights of, the, uh, of this article. Uh, you could certainly take a look for yourself. You have the time to read through. It's about uh, it's about 30 pages, but it's pretty easy reading, so uh, it shouldn't take that long. Uh, he starts by pointing out that the Torah Tamima um, quotes from Rav Shiragon that in the pasuk we just quoted in Shira, that a person shouldn't overstep the boundaries of his friend. So the Rav Shiragon says that tells you from there you see that you're not supposed to overstep the boundaries of what the earlier people, the earlier members of Klal Yisrael set up. And from there we see that minag is a matter of very great consequence; that it's considered to be overstepping somebody else's boundaries when you violate a, a minag. The Raman Chosh Mishpat and Shin Lamed Aleph writes that only something that's done often and several times can actually be called a minhag. If something rarely comes up, for instance, he doesn't point out over here, but Moshe Feinstein discusses about uh, getting married on a Motsai Shabbos when Motsai Shabbos is, uh, when, when Shivas Batamas is that Sunday. So there's three weeks already start from that Motsai Shabbos. And Moshe says, it's so uncommon, it's hard to say that there's a minhag about something like that, because something that doesn't come up all that often, you can't really say that there's a minag. A minag has to be something that's done repetitively and has happened and the uh, situation has, has come up. A person is chayiv to keep his minhagim, not to abandon minhagim. The lashon that the Torah uses uh, indicates that it's nisadar raisa. That's what it sounds like from the Rambam Nilchus Mamrim as well. Rambam Nilchus Mamrim, Paragal Valachabez, talks about the Yisra of Losasur and says that if someone violates an Rabbanan, it's really a violation of an Raisa of Losasur. But the Rambam doesn't stop at saying an Rabbanan. He says even Minhagim. Violation of Minhagim is also considered to be an Isr of, of Losasur. Um, the Rav Moshe highlights in the Tshuva that there is uh, in, in Igris Moshe or Chaim Chelek Dalet Sadi Os Yud Zayin that if there's a minag that all of Klal Yisrael follows, so a person should not try to change from the minag of all of Klal Yisrael, even if he thinks he has rayas from Svarim, that the minag isn't correct, that's not good enough. All of Klal Yisrael does it, so we have a concept that the Gemara tells us in Masechus Pesachim, the Samuchvav, that that Klal Yisrael are b'nei if we're not neviim, but we're b'nei neviim, and when we do things, uh, when all of Klal Yisrael does something, over a period of time, it has serious... Uh, uh, consequences to it. It's considered to be something that's, uh, that, that, that has the approval of the, of the Rabboni Shalom. And posts can work very hard to be miyashed minhagim, to be miyashed minhagim such as shaving on cholamoid, which seems to be an afna iser. So the tshuvas and the bihud and the sofer, they work very hard to try to be miyashed various minhage Yisrael that took place over the course of, of time. <laughs> now, in addition to the issue of minhagim, there's another issue that, that has to be uh, dealt with when discussing minhagim, and that's the issue of los do. That if you're going to keep your own family minhag in a place where everyone else is keeping a different minhag, so there is another issue, the rise of los agudos agudos, that you're not supposed to divide up into different groups, and certainly not in an obvious way. That's how Gemara Nivama stuff, you gimel, Amid Beislan. That's why many of the posts say that if you're davening in a shul, for instance, that davens a different nusach than, uh, than your nusach, so uh, and you're davening for the Amud, or you're davening anything out loud, you have to conform with their nusach, because that's a, a, a problem of, uh, of Los Eskodudu. So that does seem to trump your own personal minhagim. Maram Shik, in Arachayim Simen, Reish Nun Tes was asked by a, by a Bachri Yeshiva, 
of a yeshiva bachur who left home to attend uh, the yeshiva, and the meals included a certain type of food that his family minag was, was not to eat that kind of food. So he wanted to know, look, I'm dorming in the yeshiva, so do I, do I get to follow the dietary uh, laws that the yeshiva follows, or do I have to continue to keep my own family minag? Let's say Lamashal, uh, you know, Rabbi Tenler's grandchildren went off to yeshiva and they served tuna fish, and Rabbi Tenler holds the only tuna fish is no good. Rabbi Shachter's children went off to yeshiva study and they served turkey. Rabbi Shachter holds that uh, the turkey is no good. So if you have such a, so it might be a difference if you hold it to a problem of halacha versus a problem of minag. But let's assume a problem of minag right now. Over there, and this also may make a difference if there's nothing else to eat or if there's plenty of other things that you could go ahead and eat. So the Maram Shik was asked this, this Shaila. And Rav Vadya also discusses in a similar level in Yechavadas, Chelek Dalet, Simen Lamed Vav about Sephardic boys who go to Ashkenazi yeshivos and you have major Bishal Akum issues because in Ash- the Sephardim hold by Bishal Akum that it's not enough for a Jew to turn on the fire, Ashkenazim. Uh, very often hold that it is enough. We do hold that it is enough for a Jew to turn on the fire. So can a Sephardi eat in an Ashkenazi yeshiva? So, uh, so, so there are two basic Gemaras that seem to, to be so to each other, and how your Miyashif, that stira, is going to give us hadracha on these shailas. In Chulun and Dav the Gemara, famous Gemara, tells us that Marukva used to say that he's like vinegar, the son of wine, in comparison to his father. Because his father was so great that when his father ate fleshigs, he wouldn't eat milchigs again until 24 hours later. He would wait to wait between fleshigs and milchigs. Marukva says, but I'm not so great, I just wait That's the Gemara that serves as the source for waiting six hours. That I only wait Apparently his father had a minhag, and Marukva didn't keep his father's minag. He abandoned the father's minag. On the other side, the Gemara in Pesachim, and Daf Nun Aleph Amin Beis, tells us that the Bnei Beishan, the people from Beishan, established, had an established minag not to travel on Friday afternoon on Erev Shabbos, even if it's a very short distance, because of Shabbos issues, they didn't want to travel on Erev Shabbos. And years later, their children came to Rabbi Yochanan, and they said, look, that was our, fa- our, our, our father's minhag, that was our parents' minhag, that was our family minhag. We want to know, can we uh, ignore that minhag? And he told them no. He, uh, he forbade them from abandoning that minhag. Rabbi Yochanan said, it's absolutely usher. You're, once your ancestors accepted upon themselves, you have to keep that minhag as well. So um, what seems to be the chilek between the two is one is about an individual and one is about conforming um, uh, one is about an individual conforming to, to a group and one is about an individual that's not, not, not having to conform to a group. Meaning in Shulchan Aruch we find there's a principle of following family traditions and that's considered halacha, that you have to follow family, uh, family traditions. However, when, the, when, when a group accepts something as binding upon them and their children, so even when the children didn't accept the binding upon themselves, so as a group, that's going to be binding on the children. But if an individual accepted his own personal chumrah, that's not necessarily binding on his children. So in the case of Mar'ukva, he said, my father was such a tzaddik that he took upon himself this unbelievable chumrah. He waited 24 hours to milk his inflation. So that was his personal chumrah. It wasn't a group that accepted the chumrah upon themselves. The B'nai Beishan was a whole town. A town of people accepted upon themselves that chumrah. So that, that is going to be binding even on the, uh, on the children. 
So it would seem that, uh, that, you, that, that in general, that, that would be the rule to follow, that if it's a minute that's binding on a group, that a group has accepted, that you should, uh, you should maintain. Nevertheless, I think Ravadi in the end is Mekel over there. I think he's, uh, he's Mekel with a lot of those minhagim when you're in an Ashkenazi uh, environment, if I, if I recall correctly. He doesn't quote the end of the Tshuva here in this article, but if I recall correctly, I think Ravadi is Mekel a little bit at the end. Um, uh, some other issues relating to, uh, to Minag is obviously there's a concept called Minag Taos. Sometimes there's a Minag that's, that's very clearly a, a Minag Taos, that someone uh, makes a terrible mistake. The Rivash, for instance, writes in a tshuva in Simon Reish Nun Vav. There used to be a Minag that in certain towns they would only keep one day of Avelos for, for a baby who was a firstborn baby that would die. And the Rashba tried to abolish certain Minhagim as well, uh, based on Kaparos. We discussed them when we had our Temer Alachash here on, uh, on Kaparos. So uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the Minag, that's a Minag Ta'us, that the Gedolei HaRishonim and HaAchronim determine is a Minag Ta'us, that has to be uh, abolished and that should not be kept which is obviously a very tricky area. How do you determine when you say that Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael does it, it's right, and when do you say no, it's a minak ta'us. Gemara Yivamistav, Kuf Beis and Beis, discusses the shoe that they use for chalitza, and the Gemara says that a certain type of shoe, even if Eliyahu and Navi would tell us not to use a certain type of shoe for chalitza, we won't listen to him because it's already accepted as, uh, as a minak. So apparently, even if they know that it's a ta'us, they're going to keep it. So it's very hard. It's a very hard thing to, to try to figure out exactly when you're going to say that if it's a ta'us, uh, you, you throw it away, and when you're going to say that if it's a ta'us, you don't throw it away. So um, there are several approaches that are, uh, that are brought in the, uh, in the, in the Rishonim and Achronim. Um, the, uh, the, 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 in this article he quotes that it may depend on how the, the minute came about. If the minute came about just by Amaratzim starting to do something, so then if it's a minute Ta'os, we abolish it. But if it came about as a result of a Psaq of a Beisdin, or it was Hunag al Pigadolim, so then uh, we can assume that maybe they were smarter than us, and maybe there is a reason, and it's not a minute Ta'os, im enum neviim, b'nei neviim heim. Um, also, he says, maybe we have a rule generally that we follow the rove in, in halacha. So if, uh, if something is, uh, is, is up to dispute, we take a vote and the decision is made by the majority. So if, let's say before the vote is taken, a minig has already, has already arisen, which will only conform with the minority opinion, still, if that minig was in, was in place already before the vote, so then maybe that, that counts as the, uh, as the minig. Um, that will uh, that that will be a viable minhag, even though lahalacha it should have been it should have been outvoting, outvoted. Also, we have to take into account what sort of effect abolishing a minhag will have. Um, if a person comes from a place where uh, the minhag is to be machmir, to and he goes to a place where the minhag is to be mekel, and there's some sort of machlokas. Um, if, if it's going to cause machlokas in the community to go and to be machmir, so that's what the Rush writes in Parak Makam Shinagu that better not to keep his minhag, even if it's a good minhag, a person has to realize what kind of effect keeping a minhag is going to have. Also, the Marshal writes that a minhag that is spread throughout the entire Klal Yisrael can never be set aside, even if you think it's a minhag tos. Marshal writes in Tshuva, Simen Samach Vav. So minhagim, as you can tell, basically is a very, very tricky area. It's not something that you can, uh, that you can clearly, easily determine what's a good minhag, what's a bad minhag. Generally, they are very serious. And if you have, uh, if you have family minhagim, if you have community minhagim, Generally speaking, if there's any justification of the minhag, you should conform to that minhag. Uh, the Rav Salvechik was quoted as saying, 
I never heard an audio of him saying this, but, uh, but he was quoted as saying that any minig that your family has, you should keep that minig except for, except for if they have the minig not to sit in Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres. That's just pure, purely minig ta'os. But any other minig that you have, generally speaking, you could assume most of the minhagim are not a minig ta'os, and they're very important to keep, and according to the Ram, may even be in Daraisa not to keep minhagim. So it should always be mechazik ourselves minhagim, and that's part of the flavor to the fabric of what Kali Yisrael is all about. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.